0: Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Alison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 186 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment solicitor and HR specialist and I run the firm Real Employment Law Advice where we provide everyday employment law and HR advice to both employers and employees. You can find all the details about my firm and the team and all the work that we do on our website which is realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk. Now I know that many of you who listen to this podcast are regular listeners and many are of you have been with me for a number of years now, so thank you very much and thank you for your continued support. I do really appreciate it when people get in contact and today I'm going to be covering an episode following an email I received from a listener asking for it to be covered um, and that's about alcoholism and substance abuse at work. But before I get into this week's featured content, I do have a little favour to ask. Now I know lots of you listen on the podcast and as I said many people reach out to me. But if you find value in the podcast and you enjoy the content, I'd be really grateful if you could just do me a quick favour and that is to go over to our YouTube channel which is Real Employment or Advice on YouTube and subscribe. I'm working more on the video content which covers slightly different things to the podcast and is in a different way and I'm trying to grow the reach of the channel and as many of you will know the more subscribers you have the more likely you are to appear in searches and it unlocks various things, technical things that I don't know about but um, which are really important for the growth of the firm and the channel. So if you have five minutes and you're on YouTube if you could just subscribe to our channel I'd be very grateful. So after that little ask, I'm going to get into this week's featured content, which is around alcoholism and substance abuse. Now, when I received the email from the listener asking about whether I had covered alcoholism and work on the podcast, I felt certain that I had covered it in some way or another. And having looked back over the back catalogue, I did an episode 140 of the podcast, which was about alcohol at work and and alcohol policies. And so I thought it would be a good time now to cover off alcohol and substance abuse because they kind of go hand in hand in terms of the considerations for employers and maybe provide a bit more information about the kinds of things that employers should be considering and should be doing in relation to um, employees who may be suffering with alcohol or substance abuse. Now you might be thinking, okay Alison, we get it, if somebody's drinking or taking drugs whilst they're at work, then we completely understand why we would need to worry about that, and obviously that would be covered off in a policy and disciplinaries and that sort of things. But actually, there are other reasons why, as an employer, you should be considering the possibility that members of your staff could have alcoholism or be suffering with substance abuse. Um, And I'll just run through those with you, some of the key things that I think you should be aware of. The first is obviously you have a legal obligation and you have a legal duty to ensure that as far as is reasonably practicable, that the staff are safe and their well-being is preserved at work. So that comes under the Health and Safety Act from 1974. So it's a fundamental part of being an employer is that you have to make sure that employees work in a safe environment and part of that duty is that you have to assess health and safety risks at work and so as an employer you could be prosecuted if you knowingly allow employees to work under the influence of alcohol and drugs and especially if their behaviour puts others at risk. So it's important from a legal perspective to have an understanding about your staff and whether they have an issue with alcohol or drugs. The second is obviously you have some general legal obligations in relation to ensuring that that nobody is producing or selling drugs on your premises and also to ensure that if you have staff who are driving that they're not doing so under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Now that's fairly easy to understand and to deal with as I said before because those kinds of things may take place at work and impact on your legal obligations in terms of health and safety and compliance with law but it could also be having an impact on their performance at work if they have problems with alcohol and drugs even if they're not taking them during work time and predominantly one of the reasons why the issue particularly in relation to alcohol, may come to your attention is because of a reduction in the employee's work performance or frequent errors or mistakes and therefore it might be that your initial discussions with an employee start with looking at conduct or capability issues rather than the disciplinary route which you would expect if somebody is drinking or taking drugs whilst at work. The fourth reason why I think you should be thinking about Alcoholism and drug abuse amongst your employees is because of the potential for the reputational risk for your business. If the employee's behaviour is such that it causes a reputational risk to the business, whether that be during work time or outside of work time because they are drinking or taking drugs, and of course if they are arrested, taking drugs, or dealing drugs, or buying drugs, then again that can have an impact. On your business reputation. So it's really important, again, to think purposefully about how you would handle situations with employees who do present with alcohol and drug abuse problems. And then the final point is obviously you've got a moral obligation to your staff and to colleagues to be a caring employer and to pay attention to their well being and ensure that they're in the best possible health. And if you acknowledge that there are potentially issues with drugs and alcohol and that you're providing support, then this of course goes to being a really good employer and being caring and looking after your staff in all the other ways that we talk about in relation to things like mental health and disability and equality. So what do you do then if you suspect that an employee has a problem with drugs or alcohol abuse? Now as I said before, it may be that it comes to your attention either because of their conduct or performance or you can see visibly that there are signs of such alcohol and drug abuse the changes to their appearance that sort of thing Um, or it may be that they confide in a colleague so there are a number of ways in which it may come to your attention as an employer but some things that you could potentially be looking out for If you suspect that somebody may have a drug or alcohol problem, is obviously an increase in sickness absence. It's been estimated that 3 to 5% of absences in the UK are due to alcohol. Lateness is another one. If people have a hangover um, or struggling to wake up in the morning because they're up all night drinking, reduced efficiency and performance, as we talked about, and maybe impaired judgment and decision making, maybe a change to the way in which they're behaving when they're being asked questions, that sort of thing. And it may be that they're starting to have an impact on their relationships with colleagues. So it may be that they're isolating themselves or falling out with colleagues more frequently because their behaviour is changing because of the drugs and alcohol. So, just a few things to look out for and to consider if you think that somebody may have a problem with drugs and alcohol at work. So, if you suspect somebody has a problem or it comes to your attention in one of the ways I've just described, What should you do about it? And how should managers in particular handle an issue with an employee? Now, firstly, it can be very difficult to start those kinds of conversations, particularly if the individual hasn't acknowledged that they have a problem themselves yet. And in some ways, it's actually easier to deal with and recognise a drug dependency issue versus an alcohol dependency issue. And this is because Generally, alcohol usage is more socially acceptable and it can often be harder for an individual to acknowledge they have a problem with alcohol because it's a legal substance than if they have a problem with illegal drugs, for example. So firstly, understanding there that it may be more difficult to approach an issue with somebody who has alcoholism or is struggling with alcohol use. So you have to deal with any of these kinds of issues sensitively of course and it is about communication. Now I often talk on the podcast about the best managers really know their staff so I would hope that a manager who is looking after someone who potentially has an issue with drugs or alcohol will have recognised that there has been a change in them themselves and feels comfortable enough to be able to approach that individual and talk openly and sensitively about the issue. Now if there hasn't been a serious conduct issue or any accusation that the individual has been drinking or taking drugs during work time then you're not necessarily going to be approaching it from a disciplinary perspective but rather you'll be looking at it from How can we provide support and ensure both your own health and safety, but also the health and safety of colleagues and to support you into recovery and dealing with the issue? Of course, if there is something like drunkenness at work or taking drugs or dealing drugs or serious issues in relation to their performance, then it may be that you deal with it as a disciplinary issue whilst also looking into the root cause of the problem and providing support as well. So as I said the first step is to communicate with the individual, meet with them and talk about it sensitively, identify what the issues are and try to get them to talk to you and be open about what may be causing the issues and whether they've actually acknowledged that they have a problem with drugs and alcohol themselves. It's important to remember that as an employer or as one of the managers or even as a member of the HR team, you are not there to try to fix the problem or to provide any kind of specialist guidance or support. If somebody does have a drug or alcohol problem, the first thing to do is after you've discussed it with them, is to look to see whether you can refer them on for specialist advice and support. Now that might be within your own medical cover or within some kind of policy that you have internally that you can access that kind of support or it might be that you have to signpost them to external resources or direct them through their GP. Either way whether the employee acknowledges that they have an issue or not you may have to think about getting an occupational health report. So if the employee acknowledges that they have a problem You might consider an occupational health report to see what you can be doing to help them in the interim, whether there are any adjustments and things you need to make to support them. And if the individual doesn't acknowledge that they have a problem and isn't prepared to seek help from their GP or another external resource, then it may be that you have to go down the occupational health report route to try to flesh out what the causes are in terms of a health perspective and any potential impacts on their ability to undertake their work etc. Now of course I've assumed that the individual would be happy to talk to their manager or talk to you and to open up and potentially acknowledge the issue but what happens if the employee refuses to engage, denies that there's any problem or even refuses to have an occupational health report undertaken? Well, again, I think it comes down to communication and really trying to get to the root cause of what's happening with them. It may be that they're embarrassed. It may be, again, that they just don't see that they have a problem. And in that case, it might be better to try to put them onto somebody else to talk to, a professional who might be able to get through to them and flesh out the issues where you can't. And of course, if that still doesn't work and the employee still isn't able to engage and it is starting to impact on their performance or in relation to their conduct or capability then it may be that you have to go down the disciplinary formal route to try to address the issue and to get them to recognize that there is a problem. Now if an individual agrees that they will undertake treatment or rehabilitation for example then you'll need to decide how you're going to handle that whilst they're undertaking that treatment. Um, it may be that you decide to suspend them pending completion of that program for example in some circumstances where they might be a danger to colleagues um, if they're continuing to work whilst they're under the influence of drugs and alcohol potentially or whilst they're still abusing substances at the weekends and evenings it might be that you decide actually we're going to suspend you and allow you the time on pay of course it would have to be on full pay to undertake that treatment. It might be that if you're going through a disciplinary issue for example somebody presents at work in a drunken state you take them through the disciplinary route and during that they disclose to you that they are struggling with alcohol abuse and they open up and they agree to get help and support, it might be that you decide actually we're going to suspend the disciplinary process and outcome here whilst you get that treatment and then make a decision once you've completed that rehabilitation. There are a number of other things you can do to help support an employee whilst they're having treatment or if they are dealing with the consequences of drug and alcohol abuse. That could be letting them have time off During work time for treatment, or recognizing that they might have additional periods of absence whilst they're detoxing, for example. You might want to consider adjusting their hours, either temporary or permanently, changing their duties. If they do work in an area where there is a potential risk to others, until such times as they are through their treatment and clean again, it might be that you take the decision to move them to a different area of the business or take some of their duties away or change some of their duties to mitigate some of that risk to them and to others. And it may be that within your organisation, if you're big enough, you have a particular support group or access to additional resources that you can provide to individual employees to help them during this time. So I just want to run through a couple of example scenarios that could potentially arise within your organisation, and how I think that you should consider dealing with them. So the first one is that you get reports from a member of staff that others are smoking cannabis during their breaks in the normal employee smoking area. So you have a smoking area but actually someone says there are staff smoking drugs here and then when you go to have a look round, you find lots of discarded butts that actually look like someone's been smoking cannabis there. What do you do in that circumstance? Well depending on the working environment Obviously, in any case, it needs to be dealt with as a serious issue. But if you're in an environment where the smoking of drugs could cause a very high risk, then you will need to take action immediately upon discovery of this to try to resolve it. But in essence, what I would suggest you do is to undertake an investigation to try to ascertain who was there, who was smoking, and if you're not able to identify sufficiently those members of staff, then I would consider having a full staff meeting and communicating to all staff your stance on the taking of drugs during working time and how seriously you will take the matter if you find that anyone is doing so. So really, if you can't get to the individuals who are doing it, is to communicate to everybody that you will take the most serious consequences in relation to the taking of drugs during work time. The second scenario is where potentially an employee turns up to work and they smell like they've been drinking. And when you ask them, they tell you they had two cans of low-alcohol beer before they come to work. They assure you that they're below the drink-drive limit and they're okay to work. But they also tell you that they've been having some problems at home. In that kind of scenario, it's important, in my view, to... Try to get to the real root of the issue and to try to establish if this employee is acknowledging that they need some help here. Clearly, drinking before work is a very serious issue and may again be more serious depending on the industry in which you work. But the fact that they are doing so and that they've disclosed it to you openly and then they've told you that they're having some problems at home is, in my view, the time to start looking at what kind of support and measures you can put in place to try to help them to overcome this issue. So it's about communication, trying to get to the root of the problem and identifying ways in which you can help to support them to deal with the issue, whether that be just the alcohol abuse related to the circumstances or if they have full-blown alcoholism. And the final scenario is if you have staff attending a networking event with other businesses and some potential existing, potential and existing customers, um, the event includes a fully paid bar with unlimited drinks. During the evening, two employees get into an argument and one pours a drink over the other. And all the staff in attendance have been drinking for several hours. How would you deal with that issue? Okay, so assuming that this is a one-off issue... not part of a wider pattern of behavior from the employees involved and you haven't communicated to staff how you're expecting them to behave at that event so that is to say you haven't told them that they shouldn't be drinking for example then it would in my view be sufficient to have a discussion with each of the employees again to find out their version of events and to stress to them the potential impact of their behavior in terms of your reputation and also what is expected of them in future now again depending on the ramifications from this it may be that you decide it's a more serious issue that goes beyond an informal chat and actually you need to go down a disciplinary route but again much will depend on what's been communicated to staff and that goes back to the idea of having an alcohol policy in place which as I said before, I talked about in episode 140 of the podcast. So it's how you explain to staff what they should be doing and how they should be behaving at these kind of events where there is unlimited free drinks, for example. Finally, one of the questions that often comes up in relation to alcohol and substance abuse is, does it provide the individual with additional protection in relation to discrimination for example and or do you have an obligation to make reasonable adjustments for someone who is a drug addict or alcoholic for example. Now if their drug abuse and alcoholism is not related to a protected characteristics like disability for example then there is no additional protection in law in relation to those things. There are some circumstances in which it might be a consequence of a disability although off the top of my head I can't think of any Um, but it's something to keep in mind if somebody also has a disability as well that you should keep that in mind when you're looking at things like reasonable adjustments. So if somebody does do something during work time which is related to substance abuse, for example, and you decide it's sufficiently serious to go down the dismissal or disciplinary route with them, then there is no additional protection for somebody who has, who is presenting as a drug addict. But as I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, it is also important as a good employer to recognise that there are a number of reasons, or there may be a number of reasons, why somebody has turned to drugs or alcohol And if you're able to get to the root of that and the issue that's occurred isn't serious that you have no choice but to dismiss them, then it's certainly worth exploring what you can do to provide them with additional support to enable them to get back to where they were when they first started working for you and to come out of their drug or alcoholism Lastly, I just want to say that in relation to this issue and the things we're talking about in today's podcast, communication is obviously the most important point. But it's also important that managers understand that when they manage employees, they need to have a level of confidentiality and to provide a level of trust for staff. So what I mean here is that employees need to feel that that they can confidently talk to their manager without worrying about the issue being discussed elsewhere. So managers should be mindful of this when they are dealing with employees in all kinds of areas, but they shouldn't be gossiping. They shouldn't be talking about staff in a flippant way in front of others. They need to show that they have integrity and will maintain confidentiality regardless of what the issue is. Employees need to know that they can trust their managers and their employers so that they will feel happy and safe to open up when issues do arise and in the long term it will help resolve a lot of problems and also help you to retain really good people and to support them to get back on track. So, to recap, there are a number of reasons why employers need to have in mind how they will deal with employees who have problems with drugs and alcohol. It may come to your attention by a number of reasons, either through a disciplinary, through performance issues, or just generally by a change in behaviour or by a disclosure by the individual. And then, as an employer, you need to ensure that you are discussing it with the employee keeping things confidential but looking at ways in which you can support them and there are a number of ways in which you can help them but the most important thing is to remember that you are not trained in most cases unless you're in that particular field you're not trained to deal with these issues and you need to signpost them to somebody who is. If you have any questions about this or you have any issues that arise within your organisation then you can get in touch with us my email is alison at RealEmploymentAdvice.co.uk, and I'd be happy to help and of course if you have any questions, scenarios, suggestions for future podcasts then do again get in touch because I'll be happy to cover them in future. Finally before I go just a quick reminder as I said at the beginning of the podcast if you have a quick five minutes to have a look at our YouTube channel Real Employment or Advice and subscribe I'd be very grateful. Have a fantastic two weeks ahead and I look forward to bringing you the podcast in two weeks. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you, that the information in this podcast is for information only it's general review and a general update it's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances so please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast but please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice